This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Oh boy, are you guys going to love this interview. And let me just tell you, you can't see my face right now, but I put on some fierce makeup to get ready for this next guest. I'm talking to Juliet Dallas Feeney, who is the senior social media manager at a little known company called Birchbox. Here you'll hear all about her strategy, how she's using some incredible stuff on Snapchat. You're gonna really be blown away by that. And also listen to the story of her career. What I love about it is how she just kind of reached out and went for what she wanted and how she did such incredible work there. Take a listen, you're gonna love her. Welcome, Juliet, to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be oh, here. I'm so happy to have you. And of course, as you know, I did work very hard to apply appropriate makeup for this interview today, being that you are the queen of all things beauty and makeup. You did a perfect job. Thank so you. I tried. I tried. Okay. So I loved reading about you and about your career path. And so I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit of the story of your career. Sure, yeah. Well, it is very different from what I think I originally mapped out um, when I was in college. So I went to George Washington University in DC and I studied women's studies and journalism. And I really made sure that I got a lot of internship experience when I was at school. So I worked at CNN and MSNBC and kind of cut my teeth in broadcast media. Wow, I love this. And I kind of had this vision of myself being like a Christiane Amanpour and really in the field as a reporter. Um, And then I think when I graduated, that was sort of when social media was really coming around as a career. There weren't that many social media jobs yet, but it was something that kind of piqued my interest. Mm. And um, I started actually working immediately after I graduated, like three weeks after. Um, I also graduated a semester early. Of course you did. I can see this. I've got your whole number already. (laughs) I achiever. Okay. So of course, three weeks after graduation, you start working. And where are you? So I'm still in DC and I'm at a political advertising agency called GMMB. Okay, so still and affiliate, you can still say, okay, the women's studies, I get the whole thing, the whole Christiane Amanpour yeah. um, angle, but you're also in advertising now. Yeah. So I'm exactly. seeing the path. No, I thought my broadcast media experience would translate well into political advertising. So I was a production assistant and helping to create the terrible TV ads that are on during the election right now. No. <laughs> yeah, so that was part of my job, um, finding the ominous but positive music. And it was a very eye-opening experience. I think I very quickly realized that politics was not what I wanted to do. Did you um, have to do and create ads for people that you might not support politically? Well, luckily I did not. I okay. was, the, the firm that I worked for was on the Democratic side. Okay, okay, so it was all, so yeah. those firms go all one yeah, angle, you kind right, of have you can't. But when I was there, I was like, wow, on either side of the spectrum, it is kind of very formulaic, yeah. they follow a model. Yeah. Um, 
and you really have to live and breathe politics yeah. to uh, love it. So I kind of quickly realized that politics was not what I wanted to do. Okay. I was missing kind of the journalism aspect of what I did in college. Um, I was also really interested in the fact that digital media was becoming a thing. And I really, what I loved about my college experience and kind of what drives me is really storytelling. So telling a story mm. and being able to do that on multiple mediums. So I left that job in DC. Okay. Um, and then I came to New York and I worked for a very tiny startup called Vital Juice, which doesn't exist anymore. But this oh. was back in the like, uh, daily email newsletter days. Okay, so, there were a lot of those. Daily Candy, yep. the Save Investors. Oh, Vital Juice. Okay, got it. And it was for women who were interested in health, wellness, and beauty. Okay. So I started on the ad sales side of things, um, which is interesting because I just knew I wanted to get in with a, a company that was more aligned with what my interests were. I, I really liked beauty and wellness, and I wanted to be in that kind of environment. And okay. this is a digital company, so I thought I could learn a ton, and I didn't care what I was doing. Okay, I can support this move. <laughs> I give you a thumbs up. Okay, so you go into ad sales. Yeah. You must have learned some critical skills there. Oh, yeah. Of I was course. doing, like, RFPs for giant P&G brands and putting together. It was really creative, too. Mm. I was getting to put together kind of campaigns that we would do for them. Um, at the same time, I knew that I wanted to get more of the editorial and, yes. like, marketing experience. Yes. So I made friends with the people who were doing that at work and um, just kind of when there were opportunities that I could participate or contribute to, I did. So I started writing, I started our Instagram and uh, our Pinterest channels. And then from there, the company was acquired. Okay. I went to another small company startup that was an all natural vitamin e-commerce company. Oh, <laughs> are they still in existence? They are not. Oh, look at this track record. I love it. Okay. So you went there, but were you working a little bit more on the marketing side? Yes. So okay. So you were able to make that transition. Exactly. Um, and they actually were one of our advertising partners at oh, Vital Juice. Perfect. So I had a relationship with them. It really wasn't quite the opportunity that I was looking for mm. or the type of company that I wanted to mm -hmm. be at. So I kind of knew early on in that that it wasn't going to work out for me. And I was actually at that time, right before I started, I had reached out to Birchbox. So they had a job listing. Well, because it, anyway, your job had been eliminated. So you were looking at all of these different opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And Birchbox, I had heard about them at the end of my senior year of college. And I was like, this is a really cool company. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I personally was interested in it because I love beauty, but also just the concept and the fact that it was started by two women and um, they were doing something that was really disrupting the industry. Mm. So they had a job posting that I applied to. It was actually for Birchbox Man. And um, I applied and had one round of interviews and then I got an offer from the vitamin company. So I told Birchbox this and they weren't kind of moving quickly enough in their decision. So I kind of tabled that, um, but once I was in the e-commerce company, the vitamin e-commerce company, I was constantly checking the Birchbox boards and seeing yep. if there were jobs. Yep. And um, even did some freelance writing for them. I kind of kept the relationship going. Um, and then I got laid off from the vitamin e-commerce company. Wow. Two weeks later, they folded, unfortunately, but the timing was all sort of perfect. So I actually was at a fashion blogger conference. I'm not a fashion blogger, but I went with my friend because I was like, I don't know. She's going out there to go. network. Yeah. yeah. And Katya, our CEO at Birchbox, was the key speaker for that event. And I just went up to her after she spoke and I was like, I want to work for you. There was a job posting that literally just came up that day that I applied to and reached back out to them and they remembered me. And then a couple weeks later, I got the job. 
was great. <laughs> it's such it's such an amazing story, Julia. Particularly, <laughs> what, one thing I want to ask you because I I do run into this a lot with young women that I mentor. It's like mm -hmm. sometimes they take the job that is okay for right now to then ultimately get to the right job. So looking right. back, mm -hmm. would you have done that again? Would you have gone to the vitamin company? To, let's say they didn't fold, right? Yeah. Let's say they had stayed. Would you have taken that and used that as, you know, okay, this is the job until I get the job? Would you yeah. going back do the same thing? I think I would. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I think I needed that. Those were building blocks in my experience to yes. get me to, to that point. So, and I also love, uh, the passion. There's so many things I love. I love that you were going to random fashion blogger events, yeah. even though you were not a fashion blogger, because that lesson to me is just put yourself out there, right? Definitely. I mean, and to me, that's that's what I hear through, yeah. your, through your story. Yeah. And then also being unafraid uh, to approach the CEO mm -hmm. and having had the information, knowing that that job was posted that day because mm -hmm. you were constantly checking. Do you think that identifying like the dream job is the way versus like kind of looking at, okay, this is the career trajectory I want. How important is it to like know the company, the company you want to work for? It seems for you to have worked really well. Yeah. I think, you know, my experiences in the beginning of my career, I very quickly realized I was not at all afraid to work really hard. I was a hundred percent down to do that, but it had to be for something that I was really mm. passionate about and I really believed in. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, when I was looking at kind of opportunities and companies, I was looking at like the company and the company culture and what their vision was as like a really kind of deciding factor. For me, it kind of just worked out perfectly that the social media community manager job description, that was my first job at Birchbox, was just the perfect combination of everything. It was like a beautiful package tied up with a awesome. bow. It was like, here it is, all of your hard work and planning right here. Okay, so you come in as social media community manager, mm -hmm. and obviously, I mean, to me, you seem like very high achieving as we talked about, you know, you wanna grow. So talk to me about your path at Birchbox and yeah. how you grew. Yeah, so when I started at Birchbox, um, my manager was Rachel Silver. I love her so much. She's now leading her own company called Love Stories TV. Oh, amazing. Yes. And I was her first hire for social media. So she and I really kind of helped to build that community. And when I started, I was really, my job was to talk to all of our customers across all of our social channels and to also um, create really fun campaigns for our brand partners mm -hmm. that we put in the box each month. Um, so it was this really great um, creative role, kind of like community management role. And then I learned a ton of data in that as well. I was not a data person or mm -hmm. metrics person at all. It was mm -hmm. very much more like creative. a writer, creative, yep. um, definitely more of the like left brain. Yep. Um, and Birchbox always says they're a tech company first. Yes. So um, I had to kind of learn all those analytics and it was the best thing that I think happened for my career because it really um, taught me how to understand which metrics to look for and that helps inform my decision for any kind of strategy that I'm mm. now creating at Bridgebox. Mm. Um, so from there, our team grew a lot um, and I moved into the role of social media manager. Um, we hired some more people and I had some people that I was managing for the first time and um, it's been you know, three and a half years now, and I'm now the senior social media manager and leading all of our social media strategy for a women's US business. And um, that's like a dream. Yeah, it's the best job ever. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So you said a whole bunch of things there that I think are great. Mm -hmm. um, talk to me 
about the strategy of mm -hmm. Birchbox specifically for women's yeah. um, on social media. So what, yeah. What's the thought behind it? And, and tell me a little bit about sure. the social media strategy. Yeah. So really the, the customer has been at the core of everything that we do. And I think, you know, I feel so lucky that I work for a place where social media is really valued and understood. You know, the, the woman who started at Katya Nihili, that was their first hire was someone who came from the editorial side. She worked at a magazine, Molly Chen, and she created this amazing brand and this brand voice that was really kind of speaking to a person who in the beauty world, like didn't really, wasn't really heard before. So it's, Richbox is really for the, the, the woman who did, might not know about beauty or might not have a lot of, you know, um, even interest in beauty, but because they feel kind of overwhelmed by all of the options that are out there. It's kind mm. of crazy when you walk into a big department yes. store and you're kind of overwhelmed by everything. Yes. You don't know yes. where to start. Yes. Um, so this was really, uh, you know, an approachable way to, to discover beauty and to figure out what you love. Um, and because of that, the customer relationship was so important. So mm -hmm. building that social media community and cultivating it um, was really important from the beginning. So I think now that we have, you know, a, a community of over three million across all of our channels, um, it's really just about continuing to cultivate that relationship and engage those those amazing three million plus people that we have. So that's really our strategy now is just to um, make sure we're talking to as many people as possible every single day across all of our channels. You know, it's not about the quantity of mm -hmm. content that we're putting out, but making sure that it's really quality and that we're speaking to those people that we that we have. And so it's interesting that you say that you talked earlier a little bit about how it was such a great experience because it gave you like the metrics that matter, learning mm -hmm. how to operate it, like yeah. a tech company really did that for you. Talk to me about what metrics matter to Birchbox. Yeah, so I think for social media, we're definitely looking at engagement. And that is, you know, a word that is thrown around all the time. So I think it's really different depending on the channel. It could mean a like, a comment, a view, a click. Um, but I think the most immediate, you know, engagement that we have seen and the most kind of valuable is on channels like Facebook, specifically with Facebook Live. So we're able to reach so many people and have a direct one-on-one -on -one conversation with them, which is really, really special. Um, with Snapchat too, that is an emerging platform and our newest one and our smallest one actually, but the type of attention that's on there and the type of conversations that we're having with people, they're talking to us like we're real people because we are behind yep. know, the brand, yep. but they will um, reach out to us almost like we're a beauty concierge and send us a direct snap and be like, um, I'm going to a wedding this weekend. Like, I'm not sure what to do for my makeup. Do you have any advice? And we can instantly respond to them as me or as one of my other colleagues and say like, hey, like, here's some advice. Here's what you should do. Here's what I did last week for my wedding. So. And so, so let's talk about that for a second. You have, and Birchbox has this kind of always on philosophy, right? They're there. You yeah. can snap them or you can ask them any question mm -hmm. and live in the moment they're there. Yeah. Is it hard for you and the team to ever shut it off? Yes. Yes, right? <laughs> I think it was especially hard when I was first starting out. And, in the community management yeah, role, I was going to say. Um, it's definitely difficult to kind of separate work and life. In it's general, with social yeah, media now. social media, because it is such an always-on thing. Mm -hmm. But you're in it, and you're having these conversations. And there, it's not just like a customer service ticket where yep. it sort of disappears. It's a conversation that yep. keeps going. Um, so I think at the beginning it was difficult for me, but I really had to kind of discipline myself to be like, okay, I'm checking this for like an hour after work and then I'm going to shut it off Yep. and really give myself those, those boundaries. Wonderful. Yeah. And so 
Tell me what mm-hmm. is your favorite for Birchbox, what you think yeah. is the, the network that performs the best and your favorite for you, Juliet. What is your favorite network? Yes. Okay, my personal favorite is Snapchat. Love. I was an early adopter, both for Birchbox oh, and myself. Amazing. <laughs> and I think it's just the most fun yeah. platform. It's funny because I feel like you either get Snapchat or you don't. Right. And it's, um, you know, part of what I've, you know, my job has been is to really educate my team and the other departments in my company, like why Snapchat is so valuable. But talking personally, I think it's the most fun. You can put lenses on your face. Yes. You can, I feel like I hear this all the time from my friends who I haven't seen like in several months. They're like, I'm keeping up with you because I'm watching Snapchat. And it really allows you to have that sort of intimacy that you might not have if you're just like a passive Facebook user. Absolutely. Um, It it is hard though when you're having conversations with people about how to track ROI on it. And yet you know that it's this huge network. You just know intuitively like the Uh engagement on there is is through the roof. Yeah. It it is hard though when you're having the conversation sometimes with higher ups. Yeah. Although we did something really interesting um, in the summer. So we have these limited edition birch boxes that you can purchase on our site. And they're usually seasonal and have a mix of um, full-size products and lifestyle products. So this was our summer limited edition box. And I just had this very strong inkling that Snapchat was driving revenue for us. And we were seeing actual conversions from it. This was just anecdotally because people were snapping us and saying, I got my Birchbox order. Amazing. So I wanted to test putting a tracked link on um, one of the snaps that was doing an unboxing of this um, limited edition box. Okay. we did a really fun unboxing with like Beach Boys music yep. and kind of sped up video yep. showing the different products. At the end of it, um, there was a screen that said, if you want to be one of the first people to buy this, screenshot the next snap because we launched it the night before. On the next snap, we put a shortened URL, so mm-hmm. like a bit.ly link that mm-hmm. had a UTM tracker on mm-hmm. it. So we were able to look and see how many people would actually have clicked on that and then converted from that. Um, we also were able to see in Snapchat how many people took screenshots of it. And I was truly floored by the amount of people who actually took the time to screenshot it, then go back into their Safari on their browser phone and then type in that link. It was more than we actually saw for the Facebook and Instagram campaign of the same one. <laughs> that is such an amazing yeah. story. Yeah. What I love, there's so many things I love about it. Yeah. First of all, I love that anecdotal, anecdotally it shows the power of Snapchat, but mm-hmm. it also just love that you went with your gut yeah, and that you used it and took a risk to say like, okay, I'm going to try this because it could have not worked. Right. Right. Yeah. But that you just said, ah, let's try it. And I think that it's early enough that you were able to kind of cut through in a space that's so crowded around RevGen, right? It's like, you know, Facebook, people are using that all the time. Mm -hmm. Instagram, people are using it all the time, but but Mm -hmm. that's really a great story. Yeah. So I was just kind of I had a feeling that people might do it. I didn't think that many people would. So I was really impressed by the amount of like attention that was there. Um, and it's a great case study. You know, it's oh, not, not it. going to you know match any kind of revenue we're getting from email or <laughs> yep. paid marketing. But still, the fact that it did better than an Instagram or Facebook post on our channels that, that we have hundreds of thousands or millions of followers on those channels, and Snapchat is way smaller. Yeah, is really. But uh, it's cool. but it's clearly a very loyal and engaged fan base. Exactly. And so, would you say that Snapchat is the best performing network for Birchbox? 
think it depends what you what you classify as best performing. Mm -hmm. I think Facebook is our largest social channel, so we get the most reach there. We can do um, really kind of detailed targeting on the paid side of things. Um, I think also with Facebook Live, that has been a huge, huge part of our strategy yes. of this year. And that's another place where we were an early adopter. Um, I kind of heard about it over a year ago at this point and was harassing my Facebook contact to let us know when we could try it because yep. it was still in beta mode for just yep. um, celebrities and influencers. And once we were able to do it in early January, um, it was so successful for us because I just think video is the best way to show and educate about beauty products. Absolutely. Um, and just the fact that we have that relationship with our customer and it's a really connected one. We could have a conversation and reach like tens of thousands of people. Right, the live is like you're actually having a conversation with them in real time, which is exactly, so great. Yeah. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. So Julia, mm -hmm. where would you recommend that our listeners connect with you? Yes. And where should they connect with Birchbox? Amazing. So you can follow me on Snapchat. Obviously. My favorite channel. Um, and Instagram as well. Um, at jdalfeen, J-D-A-L-F-E-E-N. It's the same across all of my channels. Consistency is key. Yes, yes. Good point, good point. Yes. And your personal branding. <laughs> Um, and then Birchbox, you can check us out on birchbox.com and you can sign up. It's really fun, $10 a month. It's a monthly surprise of beauty goodies personalized to you. And make sure you're following us on all of our social channels, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, all, all of them. them. <laughs> all of them, right now, do it. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much, Juliet. You're one fabulous social lady. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kirpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.